Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. This is a conversation that is so important if you are someone who is using a mobility aid. One question I get frequently from missing link members, social media followers, one-on-one clients, you name it, is how do I transition from using my current mobility aid to a lesser mobility aid or no mobility aid at all. And there is actually a way that you can do that safely. And we're gonna talk about that today. The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. I think before we dive into the conversation of exactly how to make that transition, we need to discuss a few things. And one thing is that so many people don't use a mobility aid in the first place simply because they are fearful that it means their disease is progressing, their multiple sclerosis is turning into a worse form of MS or whichever neurological-based disease you have. You feel like using a mobility aid means that it's worsening. And maybe you're also making that mean that you're not doing a good job or you're not doing enough. However, another reason that a lot of the people that I work with are very hesitant about using a mobility aid is because they fear that they will become dependent on it and that you will have to use it 24-7 for the rest of your life and that it's a natural progression that if you start using a cane, then you'll need a walker and then you'll need a wheelchair. And I just want to remind you that both of these things are false. Using a mobility aid does not mean that your disease is progressing. Using a mobility aid does not mean that you will become dependent on it if you are using these strategies that we talk about today. I have lots of examples of missing link members and one-on-one clients who have gone from using a wheelchair to using a rollator or a rollator to using a cane or trekking poles or a cane or trekking poles to using nothing. And in some cases, like Linda, one of my missing link members, she's actually made a transition through all of them. At one point, she was using a wheelchair and then she progressed through our exercises to using a rollator. And then she progressed to using two trekking poles and then a single point cane and then now nothing. And Linda's story is so inspiring and relatable and motivating. So if you want to hear about her transition, I did interview her on my Missing Link podcast. She is on episode 13. So if you're ready to feel inspired, definitely check out her episode to learn her story and see how she was actually able to make this transition that we're talking about. So that's episode 13 in the Missing Link podcast. But the cool thing is, 
Linda is not in the minority. There are lots of people and clients that I work with who are able to make this transition. So first and foremost, do know that it is possible. But also, I want to touch on the fact that not only do we need to destigmatize mobility aids and what we make them mean, like you'll be dependent on it or your disease is progressing, but we also need to normalize the conversation that using more than one mobility aid is okay. And it's actually encouraged and it's actually a good sign, especially when you are working to transition from one mobility aid to another or one mobility aid to no mobility aid at all. Very rarely, if ever, does someone transition from using a walker to just not using anything. And when it comes to multiple sclerosis, it's really important to understand that you might have some days where your symptoms require you in order to be your safest, most stable self to use a rollator. But the next day, your symptoms might enable you to use two trekking poles, or there might be one day where you don't have to use anything at all. But as we're talking about transitioning from one mobility aid to another, it's so important that you don't forget what your body is telling you. Listen to what your body needs each and every individual day. Because if you are so focused on this goal of using a single trekking pole or using no mobility aid at all, we often forget to listen to our body and you might be having a day where you are more fatigued or your balance just is off or your weakness is a little bit higher that day, but you're not listening to that and you go to use no mobility aid or a single mobility aid and you end up tripping or falling and then you regress back to where you were when you started, which your goal was to not be there at all anymore. So listen to your body and if possible, have lots of options around you, lots of different mobility aids. One way that you might know that you need a mobility aid initially is if you are tripping a little bit more often, if you're falling more often, or if you're experiencing what I call near falls. So often when I'm working with a client, especially a brand new client, I will ask the question, how many times have you fallen in the last year? Or how many times have you fallen in the last six months? And most of the time they'll say none or one or two times. But then my follow-up question is how many times in the past six months or in the past year have you almost fallen? And I explain a little bit further saying what I mean by that is you almost fell, but you caught yourself. Maybe you caught yourself by stepping out or by touching the wall or touching furniture or touching a human being, but you caught yourself. You didn't actually fall. And the answer is, oh, probably at least once a day or probably three times a week. So we went from this answer of, oh, I haven't fallen at all in the past year to, oh, I have a near fall daily, or I have several near falls or almost falls each week. Almost falls or near falls are just as indicative of future falls as an actual fall. So we need to pay attention to that information. Not only that, I will have lots of clients tell me that they haven't had any falls but what they are viewing as a fall is this traumatic fall to the ground and they injure themselves and it hurt really bad. 
But it's important to know that even controlled falls count as a fall. And I will say, in my experience, most of the time that my clients have a fall, it is controlled. They feel their knees buckling and they just can't stop it from happening. And they slowly controlled land on the floor. They didn't hurt anything. They're fine. It was slow and controlled. But it still counts as a fall. So one way I like to ask that question is, how many times in the last six months or a year have you ended up on the floor when you didn't intend to, even if it was controlled? And again, the answers will go from, oh, zero falls in the last year to, oh, that's probably happened five times. So be really honest with yourself as you are thinking about how often you are tripping or having near falls or almost falls or actual falls, whether controlled or not. So let's dive into exactly how you can transition from using one mobility aid to a lesser mobility aid or from using one mobility aid to no mobility aid at all. And the first example I'm going to give you is with a rollator. And if you don't know, a rollator is a walker, but it has either three or four wheels. And this is going to be a great option if you are someone who does need more weight-bearing support and more balance because it's a pretty wide device. And the wider a device is, the more balance and stability it's going to give you. So it's a great option. It's one of my favorite options. Shameless plug, Byacre is my favorite one. They're super lightweight. But let's say you are currently using a rollator or even a walker with two or no wheels. If you are using any type of walker and your goal is to transition to a cane or trekking poles or nothing at all. The number one thing that you can do is put less weight through your hands. And there's so many reasons for this. Where do I even start? One reason this is important is because the more weight you're putting through your hands and your upper body, the more likely you are going to injure your hands and your upper body. You'll injure your shoulder, your neck, your elbow, your wrist, your hand. And I have seen way too many times someone who uses a mobility aid on one side or both sides injure their arm or hand or neck, elbow, because they're putting too much weight through it. Our bodies were not intended to put that much weight through our upper body consistently. And the sad part about this is that if you do get an injury, oftentimes it hurts so much that you then can't use that mobility aid and you become a bit more sedentary and a bit more isolated. And then your entire body gets weaker because you can't move as much because you injured your upper body. Again, whether that's one side or both sides. So we want to prevent injuries. That's one reason to put less weight through your upper body. But another reason is because when you put weight through your upper body, the more weight you put through your upper body, the less weight is through your legs. So if you're putting a ton of weight through your arms, that means that your legs aren't really doing a whole lot in terms of strength and balance. They do have to work, don't get me wrong, but they don't have to work as much. And if your legs aren't working as much, then it's going to be really hard to make that transition to going to using a lesser mobility aid 
or no mobility aid at all, where your legs have to do all of the work. So by taking weight off of your upper body, not all of your weight, but by taking some weight off of your upper body, you are actually going to allow for more strength training and more balance training in your legs and in your core, which is going to help you transition to using a lesser mobility aid or no mobility aid. And the final reason that putting less weight through your upper body is so, so, so important, this might might be the most important reason, is because when this is a habit of putting a lot of weight through your hands and through your arms, your brain associates walking with needing support. And I'll share this quick story with you. My dad, about two years ago, had toe surgery. He does not have MS, so this was purely an orthopedic injury. But he's had toe problems for years and years since I was a little kid. And he finally hit a point where he thought, you know what, I'm just going to get surgery. I'm going to take this into my own hands and make sure this gets better. So he gets a surgery and the surgeon tells him, you cannot put any weight through your foot, your leg for two weeks. And so I said, dad, no worries. I've got you. I've got so many mobility aids at my place. I'm going to bring over a rollator that you can use. And that way you can take weight off of your leg. You can have no weight on that leg where you're not supposed to put weight through. And normally, let me give you a little bit of a background on my dad. He is a very strong person. He is 64 years old, I believe, at this point. And he is very strong. He's still working full-time with a very manual job. Constantly, he's a maltster. He makes malts and sells it to breweries. So he's grabbing these like 100-pound bags of malt, throwing them over his shoulder daily. So very physical job, very strong, healthy. So... I go over to his house after the toe surgery. I bring in my rollator. I don't tell him how to use it. I'm very curious to just see what he does. So I put it in front of him. And the first thing that he does is he puts his hands on the handles, one on one, one on the other, and immediately has the worst posture and puts 100% of his body weight through the rollator, through his arms, his upper body and his hands. And I just look at him and I was like, dad, why are you doing that? Why, why do, he's normally someone who has perfect posture. And just simply because I put a mobility aid in front of him, he just naturally put a lot of weight through his arms, had this worst posture ever, really slouched, hinged forward. And it wasn't until I pointed it out to him where I said, hey, stand up. You don't have to do that. Like, yes, you need to put more weight through your arms because you can't put weight through your toe and through that leg, but you don't have to look like that. You you can do that with better posture and with less weight through your upper body. And immediately he was like, oh, right. Okay. And the thing about this, and the reason I wanted to share this story with you is because this is extremely common. There is so much research showing that neurologically, if we see something in front of us, whether it be a cane, a walker, a trekking pole, if we see something in front of us that we can use for balance, we just automatically put a lot of weight through it. We just use it as much as possible because we can, because it's there. But when you have MS, and even if you don't have MS, but especially if you have MS, your brain is creating a neural pathway that associates walking with heavily using support from your upper body. Therefore, if you focus on strengthening exercises, which there's tons of those in the missing link that are geared towards improving walking, 
and you only focus on strengthening exercises. And actually, maybe you also focus on balance exercises, but if you are still putting 100% weight through your upper body or even 50% or 60 or 70%, the more you do that and the more that's a habit, the more that will continue. You could get full strength in your legs, full balance, yet still need the same mobility aid because your brain is trained to think that for you to walk forward, you have to have a mobility aid. And the number one way to reduce that is to start putting less weight through your upper body, through your hands. So what I like to envision, and I hope someone creates this someday, is a body weight scale. So the scale that you would step on and it tells you how much your body weighs. I want you to envision miniature body weight scales and two of them if you're using something on both hands like two trekking poles, two canes, or a walker or rollator. Or if you're using a single device like a single cane or a single trekking pole, just picture one of those. But picture this miniature body weight scale that fits in the palm of your hand. And as you put more weight through your palms, the number changes. And you can think of the number in terms of pounds or kilograms or even a percentage. I personally like to go with percentage. So picture these body weight scales underneath your hand. I'm just going to use the example of a rollator. So with a rollator, you have one hand on each handle. So in this case, we have two miniature body weight scales in our palms as we're standing at our rollator. And I want you to ask yourself the question, how much body weight, what percent of my body weight would that scale say based on how much weight I'm putting through my arms right now? And it doesn't matter what the answer is, but what is the answer? Is it 30%? Is it 50%? Is it 80 or 90%? What percentage is it? And just for a quick reference here, to be safe, it should never be more than 50%. That's kind of a topic for a different day, so we'll get there another time. But what percent does it say? And in this case, it's fine if you say it's 50 or 60, 70, 80, 90, whatever it is. And then I want you to walk with it. So picture yourself or, or if you're able to actually, go ahead and now take a few steps with your rollator. Does that number change? Sometimes when we're just standing, we don't have much weight through the rollator or through our mobility aid. And maybe you'll say, oh, 30% is through it. But as soon as we walk and we take steps, we put more weight through it. So I like to assess both standing and moving. And in both of those situations, what percent of your body weight is through those miniature body weight scales. And then the exercise is then to take weight off of that body weight scale. So if you, let's say just with standing, you feel about 80% of your weight through your mobility aid. So you are, you're really using that. You are depending on that. An exercise that you can do is just simply standing at your mobility aid. Try to get that scale. Try to shift your body weight backwards just slightly where instead of it saying 80%, it says 75% or 70%. And then once that is your new norm, once that feels comfortable, try to get it to 65% or 60%. And then eventually that is going to feel more normal to you. So then back it off to 55 or 50 and so on and so forth. So it's a simple practice. It's not easy, but it's simple. You just stand with your mobility aid and practice putting more weight through your legs and through your core and your hips and your po- keeping your posture up nice and tall. 
instead of just depending on that mobility aid. And you would do the same thing with walking. So that would be the standing version, but same thing with walking as you're taking just a few steps at, at a slow and controlled pace that you feel comfortable with. When you're taking those steps forward, if you had said, oh, it's 90%, I am really using it. It's the same idea. Practice taking a few steps forward, slow and controlled with 85 or 80% body weight through your hands instead. And you will feel it right away. This is going to feel different because your body and your brain, your neural pathways and your spinal cord are not used to moving. They're not used to you moving in this way. It should feel different. So if it does feel different, good. That, that's a good sign that you are making changes and you're on your way to seeing progress. So in both situations, standing and walking, ask yourself, what would that body weight scale say with just standing? What would that body weight scale say if you were moving forward? And then the exercise is to practice taking weight off of your upper body. Slowly but surely. We would never want you to go from putting 60% weight through your upper body to zero because that's going to throw you off balance and put you at risk for a fall or at the very least tripping and feeling unstable. Now, if you are listening to me suggesting this exercise for you right now, and if your first thought is, well, I can't do that. That's too hard. The whole reason I need my mobility aid is because I need help. I can't walk without it. I need to put that much weight through it. I want you to ask yourself a question. And if this question is too challenging, you can always work with a MS specialized physical therapist to help you figure it out. But the question is, if, if I tell you to do this and you say, I can't do that, that's impossible. Ask yourself, why? Why is it too hard for you to take weight off of your upper body? And there's no right or wrong answer, but you might say, oh, because I'm way too off balance. I, I would lose my balance immediately. Or... You might say, my posture would just collapse. I need that to help me stay up. Or you might say, I just don't have enough strength in my legs. My, my knees would buckle. The thing is, whatever your answer is, indicates exercises that you should prioritize before trying to shift your weight off of that mobility aid. So if Let's use the first example. If you feel like, oh, I can't do that at all because I would lose my balance. I'm way too wobbly. Well, then prior to doing this exercise, we should be focusing on balance-based exercises, seated and standing. Or if you had the answer of, oh, my posture would collapse, it would be awful. Well, then we should first focus on posture strengthening and posture endurance and stamina. If it was a leg weakness thing and your knees would buckle or your hips would be unsteady, then we focus on leg strengthening in seated and standing positions first. So if this feels too challenging, you do not have to do this exercise right away. Let's strengthen other areas first prior to getting to this point. And I'll be honest, 99% of the time, I'll even say 99.999% of the time, when I'm working with my Missing Link members and my one-on-one -on -one clients, we will do a combination of practice shifting your weight off of a mobility aid. And there's lots of weight shifting exercises, by the way. This is just one. Weight shifting is one of my favorite things to work on. So we would do this type of exercise at the same time that we're also focusing on leg strengthening and core strengthening. So more times than not, this is just a part of your program, but it is a necessary part of your program if you are looking to use a lesser mobility aid or no mobility aid, or if you just want to be safer with your current mobility aid, even if you 
use a walker now and you love the walker, you just want to be safer with it. Maybe you're someone who uses a rollator, but it tends to get away from you. You know what I mean when I say that, where you're walking and the, it just tends to get a little bit further and further and further away because it's just rolling faster away from you than your body can keep up. That might be a sign that you're putting too much weight through your upper body as well. So even if you have a goal of using the same mobility aid, but just using it safer, these strategies still apply. I hope you found this insightful and eye-opening and also that you will be encouraged to try this exercise. Picture those mini body weight scales underneath the hand or hands that are using a mobility aid. And again, don't fear using a mobility aid. More times than not, mobility aids can be used to help keep you independent and keep you mobile. So often when someone doesn't use a mobility aid, it actually results in quicker progression and quicker sedentary lifestyle. And then you get weaker and then you're more isolated all because you didn't want to use a mobility aid. But truth be told, using a mobility aid earlier and at the right time can keep you strong. And when you first use it, ideally, you're not going to be putting a lot of weight through your upper body anyways, because you just need it lightly. The goal for any mobility aid is to use it as lightly as possible right from the get-go. And if you're at a point now where you've been using one for years in a different way, that's okay. You can start now too. But using a mobility aid can allow you to get stronger because you're taking balance out of the equation. When I was working in person in a physical therapy clinic, I would pull out a rollator for almost every patient that I worked with, even if they didn't normally use any mobility aid themselves. Because when you're using a mobility aid, especially if you're using it as an exercise tool, not just for mobility, it takes balance out of the equation so that you can focus more on your strengthening of your legs, of your hips, of your knees, of your ankle, etc. So please don't be afraid of mobility aids. Please don't be afraid to use multiple mobility aids depending on what you need that day. And as always, if you are looking for more exercises to help you with walking with or without a mobility aid, my online MS wellness program, The Missing Link, is definitely going to be your one-stop shop of where you can find all of the best MS specific exercises to do, that we've got live classes and recorded classes. We've got calendars that tell you exactly what to do each day to help you stay on track. If you want to learn more about The Missing Link, I will put a link in the show notes where you can learn all about it. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast. <laughs>